Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, we are finally, finally covering the episode of Aaliyah. You guys won this on TikTok last month. This episode is going to be extremely juicy, and because you guys won it, it's going to be available for everyone, so I hope you all enjoy. Definitely. Now, we will be covering Aaliyah in this episode, but we may have a few other members that are now spirits that we've done episodes on in the past also may come through. So just so you guys have a little bit of information on that. Now, Liz did not anticipate any of these people to come through but during this channeling, but they all wanted to be there to support Aaliyah. So... We will give you a little bit on their insight on that. It's so crazy on how many spirits stepped forward on her behalf because this is scary. Even for me, giving you guys this information could be a little scary for me. And by the way, we've posted a part one of the Illuminati. Now that is under the exclusive side. There is a reason for that. So before listening to this episode, I highly recommend stopping and go and listen to the Illuminati because you have to be a patron and it gives you a little bit more insight and understanding in relation to the Illuminati. Definitely, guys. Become a patron. Totally worth it. Now, we've only covered just a small fraction of the Illuminati as of yet and all the things that tie into it. But we have so much more to give you guys. So expect to see a part two and a part three in the future. We're going to be talking a little bit about Aaliyah and what makes her amazing. Aaliyah Dana Hewton was an American singer and actress. In my opinion, she also was a triple threat. She could sing, act, dance. Really wasn't anything more that was needed when it came to Hollywood other than those talents all put together. That's what they looked for. Oh, yeah. She helped redefine contemporary R&B pop and hip-hop. She actually ended up earning herself a couple of nicknames like Princess of R&B and Queen of Urban Pop. Aaliyah was born January 16th, just a few days before my birthday, 1979, and tragically passed away August 25th, 2001, due to a airplane crash. She was born in Brooklyn and raised in Detroit. She had first gained recognition at the age of 10 when she appeared on a television show called Star Search. And she actually ended up performing in concert alongside of Gladys Knight, which, by the way, Gladys Knight is her aunt. Now, at the age of 12, Aaliyah signed with Jive Records alongside her Uncle Barry Hankerson on his black record, and he is Gladys Knight's husband. She was also introduced to R. Kelly, who became her mentor, as well as the lead singer, songwriter, and producer for her debut album. Of course he did. And the song, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, was produced. One of the creepiest songs I've ever heard. It's all about a woman, rather young woman, wanting to be with an older man, but because of her age and the stipulations between them, almost as if they're talking about their own lives. Mm, sounds a little suspicious to me. 
were these people, you know, blind for some reason? Like, I just don't understand how people like R. Kelly can get away with something for such a long time. It's gross. There are many sick people in this world that have too much money in their pockets and then they think that they're just like some sort of god. And, you know, of course, our legal system also proved otherwise, as for the longest time when it comes to R. Kelly, he just kept on dodging those sexual assault claims over and over again. Hooray, R. Kelly. Now back to Aaliyah and her accomplishments. She did so well. She sold three million copies in the USA and I believe eight million worldwide. And after allegations of an illegal marriage with R. Kelly, Aaliyah ended her contract with Jive and signed with Atlantic Records. That piece of shit, R. Smelly, (laughs) we'll call him, groomed the shit out of Aaliyah. But, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that just in a little bit. Now, he actually bribed the government officials in order to suggest that she was actually 18 so that he could get married to her because he's a sick fuck yeah and from what Aaliyah shows me this particular government official continued to say no over and over again until the price was right so he ended up getting ten thousand dollars if not more to obtain this illegal marriage license so that R. Kelly could marry her Now, if that wasn't bad enough as it is right there, I heard that the people that attended this wedding were all disturbed and very confused. And even Aaliyah herself looked sad and scared. She was very nervous and she did not smile at all during the wedding. I mean, I wouldn't either. I don't blame her. That's great. Right. Of course, because it was literally a child bride and all these people are watching him, even though they all know she's a child, just clapping and happy for him and giving him support. Seriously, like CPS should have been called right in this moment. Right. What the fuck is it for if it ain't for helping children? Now, thank God that her marriage only lasted eight months. She also refused to communicate about R. Kelly in any capacity at this point, not in interviews, not in her personal life. She had no interest in even talking about him whatsoever. I'm pretty sure that the parents didn't know what was really going on. If they had, they obviously would have stopped this. But I also feel like Aaliyah kept a lot out of the media and obviously also from her, you know, friends and family. Your intuitive abilities there are very accurate. She definitely did. You are not wrong whatsoever. She shows me that she felt like she was protecting him, but because A, she loved him, or at least that's what she thought love was, and her family was so proud of her maturity and of who she was, and they didn't really micromanage her, and she liked that at the time, but she wishes things were different even now. Perhaps maybe things would have gone much differently for her in her life. Now, she worked on records with Timberland and Missy Elliott. She also made an acting debut in the film Romeo Must Die. Her single, Try Again, was topped at the Billboard's 100. I also want to point out that Timberland and Missy Elliott and many different high-profile icons from the 80s and early 2000s would try to communicate about certain elements of her life. She shied away from them all. She shows me that in her mind, R. Kelly brainwashed her to thinking that he was the one and only that was allowed to make the rules. And if anyone found out anything, even after they broke up, that she would be in danger. And she kept everything inside, 
all the details of everything that had ever happened in her whole life. She also shows me that although she didn't necessarily take action about taking her life, she thought about it many times over. She even feels that she had manifested her passing. Now, tragically, the story ends very abruptly in her small age of only 22 years, where she was killed in an airplane accident in the Bahamas along with eight other people that were on board the overloaded aircraft she was traveling on. Now, it crashed shortly after takeoff. The pilot was found to have traces of cocaine and alcohol in his body and also was not even qualified to fly the aircraft designed for this type of flight. At least that's the version that the media knows. I never really bought any of this, even when I was still like a teenager at the time. So I was like, mm, something doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Again, you're not wrong. There are so many inaccurate details in relation to what took place, and we're going to try to break it down as much as we can. There are a lot of other details with this particular situation. So their plane was already obviously overloaded, as we know. It was not the original plane that she was supposed to take off on. Apparently, nobody wanted to get on this flight, including Aaliyah, who was already a nervous flyer. And according to sources, her bodyguard gave her a sleeping pill, and she passed out in the back of the cab. Damn, now there were witnesses that suggested that they saw the bodyguard taking sleeping Aaliyah onto the plane, and only 10 minutes after the takeoff, the plane crashes. Of course she's going to be a nervous flyer. She already had the fear instilled in her because she probably knew it was, you know, her fate that it was going to be some sort of terrible crash, or... She maybe had a dream about it. That happens as well. Yes, she did. She had a fear because she felt like it was going to happen to her. Her whole life, she felt that way. The whole thing is so fishy, fishy, fishy. And I genuinely see that she shows me that she did not get on that airplane by herself. She even shows me that they force-fed that pill to her. She declined it. And then he said, how about just some water? And I feel like they literally pushed it down her throat. And she was held hostage and placed on that plane for no fucking reason. Well, at least from her perspective. I mean, I'm glad that the family took action. Aaliyah's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the aircraft operator, which was settled out of court in the decades following her death. Now, Aaliyah's death has continued to achieve commercial success. The accomplishments in her life are endless and we could, you know, sit here all day and talk about them, but then it would take away from everything else that we're trying to do here today. So we could basically say that this woman was an icon and how the hell do you become an icon at 22 years old? You know, and why would somebody have died so early in their life? This could have easily been avoided. And was there anyone involved in this? These are all questions that we're going to answer here today. The reason we did the Illuminati episode prior to Aaliyah is because there's a connection there. In addition to that, there's a connection to P. Diddy and there's a connection to R. Kelly. So many connections here and we're going to try to get through it. It's a pretty big one and everyone has to share a piece of that pie. As you know, we're all aware now R. Kelly has done some pretty shady things. Not only did he groom Aaliyah, but he also groomed many other young women as well. But from what I gather... Aaliyah was one of his very first victims, at least publicly anyways. There were at least 99 other victims prior to her. They 
named her as Jane Doe number 100. And those are just the women that came forward. Yes, it was like a thousand when it comes to victims and kind of a lot like Epstein. He would choose his victims based on their financial need and, you know, who was poor and maybe sometimes they would need jobs. He would like to take that power and use it, you know, to sexually assault these women from day to day. Now, when it comes to Aaliyah, he took her as a child bride. And because she was extremely popular and well-known, he married her just so he can control her. We're going to talk about it from Aaliyah's perspective. Now that she is somebody that has gone through, you know, her fair share of shit, she had a lot of time to really focus and hone in on the situation. When she was alive, this man basically told her that if she wanted to go far in her life, she would have to be at his beck and call. He made it sound like he was the only person to get her all of this. She shows me that the moment she met him, it was almost instant. His eyes locked with hers, and he instantly would not stop looking at her, even sexually. Ugh. She shows me that he approached her within minutes. He waited until all other adults were not surrounding her. And then he put his hand on her shoulder, made some sort of snide remark about how she looks good enough to eat. I even feel like when he put his hand on her shoulder, he squeezed it. Obviously, she was 12 years old and she has no idea what the fuck is going on. But she's obviously going to be flattered since it was R. Kelly. He was already someone who had made a name for himself. I mean, of course, you know, and then he proceeded to groom her. He saw her potential and he wanted to take her accomplishments and make them his own. Yep. He met her when she was only 12. So now she shows me that within 30 days of meeting her, he was already molesting her. He would tell her that she was beautiful. And in order for him and her to connect in the musical way, they need to be able to, you know, feel each other, feel like what it would be like to be with her. He told her that he never felt this kind of connection with anyone and that she was special and he wanted to be part of that. Such a sick fuck. I mean, of course he did. He is such a disgusting freak of nature. And to take advantage of such a young, impressionable, you know, young woman at that age, just, it, ugh. I know. Aaliyah shows me that there were many other girls as well and that they were trying to obtain his attention as well, but... They were also pretty young. He did give them attention, but his eyes were set on Aaliyah. She shows me that he physically raped her, and she kept telling him she did not want to do anything yet, but he told her that it needed to be done, and he raped her on multiple occasions. She is claiming it to be rape for many different reasons. She was obviously reluctantly not consenting, but also because she was a kid, and this was her being a child being groomed by an adult. She's really disturbed by it. She says that there were things that this man said to her that he should have not said to her. He was constantly talking about her development and how he enjoyed her body becoming a woman's body. Like, oh, he said something sexually explicit to her. And she shows me that he also had large stashes of porn with young children in it. And from what she shows me, he had a collection and he would obtain them illegally from other people who enjoyed sex trafficking these kids. She also shows me that in their relationship, he would often masturbate to young children, male and female, that were naked on film. And she said he had tapes and tapes and tapes of it. He would also 
also force her to have sex with him while looking at images of these young children. She also shows me that some kids that he had in his home were pretty much his sex slaves and also part of a sex cult, and he had concocted things that nobody else would do. He would make these children watch him have sex with Aaliyah, make Aaliyah watch him have sex with these other girls, and she saw these unimaginable things firsthand. I can't even imagine what was going through her mind through day in and day out. I mean, this just makes my stomach turn inside out. So disgusting. He had no shame in this either. And he felt like he was just, you know, completely in control and in total power because of, you know, who he was in the world. He felt like he was unstoppable and untouchable. Yeah. There's so much more that he did. He sex trafficked young women. He wanted to sex traffic Aaliyah, but he didn't get the opportunity. He enjoyed the ages of the girls that were like prepubescent. Once they hit that 18-year-old mark, then he had no interest in them anymore. He had also gotten himself involved with children as young as 11 to 12. That was like the age. And from what Aaliyah shows me, he would try to penetrate these children and had done so in front of her on several occasions. He would also offer them up to other people. He really fucked her up and she shows me she never got over it. Luckily, he did not pass Aaliyah around because, you know, she was his prized possession. Now, how was he even able to convince her to keep all of this hidden he threatened her he told her that she had to keep every secret and she did for a long time but she also did share some details you know here and there with some people she felt like she could trust a lot of them were pretty disturbed as well and she shows me that she would tell them to be quiet he basically told her that at some point you know people would end up dead and not by his hands of course no 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 but if people find out and the family will be ashamed and blame them and that there would be great shame brought upon her family if they knew Aaliyah was, you know, doing anything with him and she didn't want to ruin her family image. I mean, they had an illegal wedding because on the paperwork it stated that she was 18, but she really was only 15 at the time. Right. At the time she was 15 and he was almost 28, 30 years old almost. Obviously the marriage was void. Her parents reported the marriage license, thankfully, because her age was listed as 18, and obviously she wasn't, and he wanted to marry her when she was 12. He asked her a few times, and she said she was over the moon because, I mean, this man was giving her attention, but he also told her that if people knew, they would break them up because of her age. He really made it look like everyone else was the bad guy, and she could only trust him, and she fell for the trap, and that's when she agreed to marry him. Well, you know, we all know that a witness who was a former backup performer said that she had walked in on the singer and they were engaging in a sexual act in 1993. And that was when Aaliyah was only 14 at the time. Yeah, she shows me this particular witness was not the only witness that had seen things happen between him and her. But yeah, he was turned on by someone else watching and continued to engage in sexual activity with her because he didn't care. He enjoyed people watching. In fact, Aaliyah shows me that he would do things so people could walk in on him sometimes because that worked for him. He was into that. Fucking sick freak. Now, did he ever physically abuse her other than, you know, sexually? She would get a lot of male attention. And because this relationship was considered a secret, guys would hit on her. 
her age. Hell, older guys would hit on her all the time, including Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, Psycho, whatever you want to call him. R. Kelly would blame her and tell her that she was being too slutty and that she needed to cool it down. She shows me that as she got a little older, she got more rebellious. She would start doing things like fooling around with Puff Daddy, a.k.a. P. Diddy. A.k.a. D. Pity. D. Pity. To get under his skin and see what he would do. From what I gather, he did hit her a few times. But she was not about that. She started to push against him in every way possible. Her family was also trying to get her away from him as well. And they were slowly cutting that brainwash mentality They were able to chip away from the brainwashing going on and they were starting to slowly convince her that, you know, they would be able to do this and no one was going to kill him or her. And, you know, so she started to listen. Now, was R. Kelly a part of the Illuminati? Absolutely. Not only was he part of the Illuminati, but he was trying to get Aaliyah to be part of the Illuminati to protect her, to keep her away from her family. It looks as though he did his absolute hardest to get her involved. And perhaps she may have said yes because she was young and naive. And from what she shows me, there was no involvement with them. But it was something she was introduced to at a very young age. And she saw a lot of things take place. I don't believe that she was totally part of it, though. She did have a couple of moments within, but wasn't really interested, nor did she believe in any of this crap. She used to roll her eyes often. Now, there were rumors that she and Jay-Z also hooked up. Is there any truth in on that? She's actually kind of laughing with this one. She was not into him. She was definitely groomed by R. Kelly to the highest degree. But when she met Jay-Z, she felt like he was a pompous asshole and conceited. And she rejected his advances. And then he made a statement about how he was going to obtain the most beautiful woman in the world. And that she would be his wife. And he wanted Aaliyah for that. And she was like, not into that. (laughs) Then he hooked up with Beyonce and all of a sudden everything changed. And he gave Aaliyah the cold shoulder, which she didn't mind because she already felt like he was a pompous asshole anyway. And she was traumatized by R. Kelly. So she didn't really have any interest in any other older man. Not that Jay-Z was like old, old, but he gave her that vibe. Well, let's talk about P. Diddy, a.k.a. D. Pity, a.k.a. Puff Daddy back then. Uh, Now, he had claimed that they were cool industry friends until, you know, she passed away. And then he had even attended her lavish New York City funeral. And, you know, P. Diddy enjoys making a profit off of the dead because they can no longer speak anymore. You are definitely not lying about that. From what she shows me, this pompous asshole had also approached her about some sexual relationship. But from what I gather, she declined him as well. She had no interest in him in any capacity. She found him to also be a pompous like Jay-Z. All the men were trying to get with her and no one was trying to stop this all from happening. Luckily for her, she walked away from the situation. And she does show me that Puff Daddy would tell her things like, I can destroy you. I can make you better. I can do what I want to do because I own the world. And from what I gather, he also physically harmed her at some point. I'm not exactly sure when, but she shows me that he was abusive towards her and others like her. She would often hear complaints about women that he would bring into events. She shows me that there were many women spending hours and hours in the washroom snorting coke just to get through the moments with him. Was she hanging out with Tupac or Biggie at all? They were probably one of the only people 
that she met in the industry that were rappers that weren't trying to get with her. She shows me that Biggie would constantly laugh at her and thought that she was funny. And with Tupac, she always felt like he had a chip on his shoulder and he really wasn't his, you know, true authentic self until they had, you know, gotten to know each other a little bit better. She was closer to Tupac than she was to Notorious B.I.G., not taking away from her relationship with him now, but, you know, she also shared intimate details about R. Kelly with Tupac. He would tell her constantly to get the hell away from that dude. And from what I gather, she never gave Tupac or Biggie the information that actually took place, but she did allude to things. Now, Tupac especially wanted to kick his ass. She would tell him how shady P. Diddy was, but from what Notorious B.I.G. told me, he had no idea. He really just believed in his relationship with P. Diddy. He never questioned it because he was really loyal to him. And in regards to loyalty, he's that kind of energy. He says that this man is the person that caused the big ripple between him and Tupac. And he would cause a lot of shit and a lot of problems and start a lot of rumors running back and forth between them until Tupac decided to take a stand against him. Well, what a little snake he is. Always trying to, you know, obtain money and trying to gain off of people's deaths like he's done with Aaliyah, Biggie, and other people. Oh, yeah. Makes it a big show, a production. Like, oh, that was my boy. Oh, that was my girl, you know. She shows me that R. Kelly would be blowing up her phone and that she shows me she started to get defiant again. She showed me that she started to get really defiant, especially at the end of their relationship. But he started to pick up on other children and she does feel remorseful about not being able to prevent anyone else going through it. But she's glad that everyone started to come forward and tell their stories. She also wants everyone to know that there are even more victims that have never been announced but they will eventually come forward as well, perhaps maybe even a book setting or some sort of legal setting. Well, are they all hanging out now? They really do. <laughs> it's actually funny. I know that we aren't going to talk about her too much on a big scale, but from what I gather as of right now, Selena also is someone who hangs out with Aaliyah and obviously Tupac, Biggie are there. There are a few others too, but she wants everyone to know that her and Selena are really good friends. They both went through so much tragedy at their very small young age, and they found comfort in each other. Selena says that there are a lot of lies, even within her own family, and that's another reason I've never come forward and talked about things surrounding her death, but we do plan to do that in our book coming out in October, so keep an eye out on that. Well, how about P. Diddy's, you know, late wife, Kim Porter? She involved at all? <sighs> Goodness, where do I even start? Aaliyah, Tupac, Kim Porter, all of them show me that obviously she died of an pneumonia, which was ultimately what killed her. But she suffered years and years of abuse from this man. Her immune system was low. I'm thinking it had to do with the drug intake. She was not taking care of herself. He didn't really give two shits about her. And even when she was going through it, she shows me that she wanted to kill herself every single day, begging to die. And this particular illness came forward. She was feeling as though it was going to take her life. She shows me that he was drugging her. And, you know, when she would get clean, he would drug her again. He would, you know, 
do this to kind of control how she was as a parent. He would then threaten her like, I'm going to take your kids away if you do drugs. Just a hot mess. Honestly, he did not believe in divorce. And he told her that the only way you're getting out of this relationship is by death. So, like, in what way was she being drugged? It's a whole story, and we'll cover that on another podcast episode at another time. But he would drug her up, give her a a lot of different drugs. And from what she shows me when she would get clean and take care of things, he would then do it again. He would just, like, jab her with needles. It's pretty fucked up, honestly. I mean, you know, that's like the mother of your children. And then he just sits there and pretends like everything's okay. And what he did was okay and just takes no accountability for that. You know, these people in these high power positions should definitely not have the power. Oh, I agree with you. Kim also shows me that she had a lot of health related issues because of the drugs that were in her system. And all these spirits are here convinced, you know, that he intentionally wanted her out. And he got exactly what he wanted to get away with but that's for another day Aaliyah wanted to share this information for this particular episode so that you guys had a little information Aaliyah gives her a lot of comfort and helps her through all the bullshit she had to endure because they both come from that same kind of environment so what about the sex cult like is it like a cult of sex trafficking with just children He did have a lot of children connected to sex trafficking, but most of the time it was talented young females looking for some sort of work. They would have some sort of internship or, you know, trying to get their foot in the music industry and he'd take advantage of that. And the opportunities, he'd basically say, so, you know, uh, Missy, I have a position for you, but you really need to sexually arouse me. Oh, and so does Brittany over there. And whoever does it better gets the position. They weren't even allowed to do things like piss without him, take a crap without him. They had to ask permission. The more, you know, submissive you were, the more rewards you would get. I am also convinced that P. Diddy has some sort of connection to this as well. Disturbing sex cult. And I think they would often talk amongst themselves and other sex cult related convicts. I mean, they, you know, want to make themselves look like they're gangster or like they're thug. But meanwhile, they're just disgusting people. They're not really doing anything. And no one wants to take accountability and they just all shove it under the rug, which is really fucked up. Right. Like, let's protect our women or children. Like, yeah, okay, buddy, you guys are the ones causing the pain for them. I am 1000% convinced that the label saw things and obviously they pretended like they didn't. They wanted to turn a blind eye to R. Kelly and his entourage definitely saw things as well. They were getting paid some big bucks not to say anything. And sometimes if they were really good, they got to engage in some sex acts, perhaps not the children's side of things, you know, because R. Kelly kept the kids to himself. But young women between the ages of like 16 to 21 years old. So when the kids would age out for him, then he just was no longer attracted to them and then just would give them to his entourage? Pretty much. You got it, babe. Well, I know the question on everyone's mind is, in Aaliyah's death, is there any sort of significance behind it when it comes to someone killing her? Because I believe that. There is no definitive proof out there, which will be hard to determine. But I asked Aaliyah about 15 times on what happened, and her story never changed. She shows me that she had been 
talking to some people in her life and she felt like she could trust people like certain makeup artists and producers and managers. And she started to open up a little bit here and there because she started to feel more comfortable. She also had a boyfriend at the time and she started to tell these people stories about the rich and famous life. And although she never suggested the Illuminati, she was suggesting she was going to come clean with some things that she knew in relation to R. Kelly, P. Diddy, and even Jay-Z, and a few other big-time celebrities that have been growing and growing in their life. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they were kind of scared of a 22-year-old girl outing their wrongdoings but at the same time i do see unfortunately that is what her demise was because she really wanted to put that out there oh yeah it's it's wild because you know she had a big voice so when she would say it people may have listened so i think that's what freaked them all out you know she was traumatized in her life i mean obviously and it took up until that point for her to come clean and share information she just wanted it out it was just sitting and festering inside of her and she just had enough now there is a rumor going around that she was a blood sacrifice to get beyonce into the illuminati is there any truth behind that oh my god okay i feel like beyonce doesn't necessarily understand the depths of the illuminati at least that's what i'd like to believe I don't pick up on that vibe from her. She definitely has a robotic vibe when it comes to her keeping her mouth shut. She does not publicly say anything bad. She's been warned many times over by her husband's entourage, the Illuminati, her husband himself, and I feel like he puts her in a bottle. I feel as though she is part of the Illuminati but doesn't understand the parts of the Illuminati that are, you know, killing people. Because, you know, they make it sound like, oh, that's not true, you know. And I feel as though in order for them to obtain a higher ranking for Beyonce, they did need a blood sacrifice. And I do believe that they decided that this blood sacrifice would be Aaliyah. Even though in reality, the blood sacrifice isn't actually a thing. It's completely false. It's made up. <laughs> And it gives them, you know, that extra edge to be like, yeah, you'll really rack in the money if you, you know, kill somebody. And from what I gather, Jay-Z is a huge piece of the Illuminati. In fact, I feel like he's higher on the totem pole than Donald Trump. I feel like Donald Trump is too loose with his words. And I feel like Jay-Z is a little bit more controlled. So I absolutely believe and... Aaliyah showed me that she was murdered intentionally. I would definitely agree with that. I would definitely say that Jay-Z is 100% higher than Donald Trump because you're right, Donald Trump has some major loose lips. He just wants to put everything out there. He doesn't know how to be quiet. And Jay-Z is very collective and calculated. But, you know, the thing that bothers me is all these people died on this plane just like basically they all were a sacrifice and it was done purposely. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like there are a lot of people that had accidental suicides, accidental deaths that were murdered by the Illuminati. And we will get into that eventually. But I also feel like they are coming heavy for Taylor Swift. And it scares the shit out of me considering how much she travels for work. 
Right. Thank God she has her own jet. But I hope that she's safe because she is a good person. But, you know, all these people in these cults, they get brainwashed and they just follow blindly and believe anything you tell them, which is scary crazy. Oh, yeah. All you got to throw out there is something in relation to God, saving children, and then boom, you got a cult, you know? You honestly have to be pretty popular in the world to be murdered. And from the looks of it, her number was up. I feel like her bodyguard and her boyfriend and everyone else was really pushing her to get on this plane. Even though there was another plane coming the next day, she pushed and she pushed and she said no. She didn't allow for that to happen. And we haven't really gotten into blood sacrifices in the Illuminati episode quite yet, but we will in part two at some point and possibly part three. And if you don't go out willingly, they will do it for you. So they did concoct this whole like ceremony that they needed the blood sacrifice. And in reality, they just made this bullshit up. Aaliyah was defiant. Aaliyah was going to out them. So she had to be outed herself. I mean, you know, there was a lot of staging when it came to, you know, certain deaths from what I believe, because this is not the only person that they've done this to, you know? Oh, yeah. The list is going to be crazy when we talk about it. Well, is there anything else that you would like to talk about when it comes to this particular case? I did want to point out, when it comes to the pilot, now, I've been told by Aaliyah that he was going down purposely. He did not just, you know, sit there and fly and then everything just kind of fell. She shows me she was sleeping, so she had no idea any of this took place. She shows me that today, if she was awake and not drugged, she would have never been on that plane. She would have been kicking and screaming the whole way. She's showing me that it's possible that the plane would have made it shitty, a shitty way, like it would have almost crashed a few times. Even an emergency landing was also a huge possibility from what she shows me, but basically he went down intentionally. He had alcohol and coke in his system to get him through it. And, I mean, she never woke up. And she knew right away she was killed by the Illuminati, by the hands of her ex, his friends, and the rest of them. There may be documentation, by the way, within the Illuminati somewhere. I'm going to say, like, Paris or France, they have this big vault in which they keep possessions like codes, Da Vinci codes, even blood. I think they actually have vials of blood from these people that they've killed in the past. It's so crazy. And we've just opened a huge can of worms. And as time progresses, we'll talk more and more about it. But this will be the only episode on the regular side of the podcast when it comes to the Illuminati. So please sign up to become a patron to hear all the rest of this when we pull it out. Right. We did not anticipate all of this to come out when we announced that it was going to be on the free side. But now that we know some things, can't keep it on the free side. But this was definitely one of those crazy episodes. And if you guys want to listen to more exclusive content on our podcast, we have a few episodes coming your way. I definitely suggest becoming a patron because your mind will be blown. Now, next week, we will be covering the episode of Akia Eggleston. And then the following week, we will be covering two episodes yet again. And we'll be covering the Freeway Phantom, which will be on the exclusive side. And Carly Geis, which will be on the regular side. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out. <laughs>